is that video? Does it not just make your heart so warm? I love it. We watched it a few times this morning to make sure it would work. And every time I was like, play it again, play it again. It's my favorite video. I love it. <laughs> well, good morning. Welcome to the Power Place. Are you excited to be in church today? Yes. I know I am so excited to be here, and I'm excited to share a message that God has put on my heart titled Heroes. And you saw the little boys on the screen um, dressed as superheroes. And so today we, know, uh, we recognize that it is Memorial Day. And so we honor those who in the military who have given their lives for our freedom. Every single day we wake up, we put our feet on the ground, and we get to live this extraordinary life because of those who've given their lives. And so we, we, just, we honor um, and we say thank you to all those whose lives have been lost. Yes, amen. It's Memorial Day and not Veterans Day, but if you've served in a branch stand, we just wanna recognize and say thank you. protection and for the freedom of all of us sitting here. There is no greater honor, there's no greater love than for one to lay his life down for, for his friend. It's scriptural. It's what Jesus said. And so we honor those who have gone before us. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, today, like I said, I'm really excited about this word that God has put on my heart, and this is an extra special day for me. My mom and my sister are here. They've joined us this morning. Yes, give it up for them. I, one thing that's really cool about Memorial Day is that it, it, it serves a purpose to remember, to be in a time of remembrance. And um, even though it is, it is for those who have given their lives for our freedom uh, in the military and uh, in war and overseas and even here in the U.S., it's also a way that we can remember those who have uh, been here before us, even in our walk with God. And my mom and my sister are one of those that I stand on their shoulders. They've raised me. They've, uh, they've given their life for me. And so I'm so grateful and I'm honored to have you here and to be able to see you in the audience. It's so fun. Love you. Thanks for coming. It's a special day. And I believe God has a specific word for each one of you here. Whether you are old or young, whether you are a man, a woman, a child, an adult, a teenager, God has something very specific for you today. If you'll open up your hearts, if you'll open up your mind, I believe God wants to say something. There's no accident that you came in this morning. Maybe it's your first time. Maybe it's your thousandth time here at the Power Place. Uh, God doesn't work by accidents. He doesn't work by um, just random moments. He works in divine moments, and today this is one. So open up your heart. Listen to what God is about to say. We're, we, we titled this day Heroes, and I grew up in a family of sisters. So I'm not really the superhero guru. I don't really know very much about superheroes at all. And so a few weeks ago, I had a conversation. I sat down with the ultimate superhero gurus at the Power Place. So if you have any superhero questions, their, name, their names are Zion and Porter. 
They're about five, I believe. They are the best superhero knowledgeable people ever. So I sat down with them a few weeks ago and I was just asking questions because I don't know about superheroes. <laughs> I don't know. I know Superman and I know Batman and I know Spider-Man, but that's about it. And so I even asked, I was like, hey, can, can you guys bring me some masks for today? And so they brought them for me and I'm not totally sure who this is, but I think, is it Batman? A oh, Wolverine, okay. Not Batman. I told you, I don't know anything about superheroes. But I know that this one is Captain America, right? How do you do it? There you go. Captain America. Well, I'm excited because, <laughs> you know, oh, man. Let's take a poll quick. Superheroes. Anybody, do we have any Spider-Man fans in here? Spider-Man fans? How about Superman fans? Uh, any Marvel fans in general? Oh, yes, okay, okay, X-Men, any X-Men fans? Okay, awesome, so we have some superhero people. Supergirl, yes, any Supergirls? Oh yeah, all the girls in the place, woo! Don't even know who you are, but she's a girl, so we like her, <laughs> right? And she's called Super, so that's awesome. Wonder Woman! Oh yeah, there are superheroes for days. There are superheroes that nobody even knows who they are, but if you ask Porter or Zion, they know. They know every superhero known to man. Superheroes are a staple of American culture and history. I mean, they have been around for years and they've become uh, that which we look up to, the stories that we love to read, the movies that we love to see. I'm pretty sure at all times there's some kind of superhero movie in the theaters because it is a staple of our culture. It's a staple of our history. And you know, in my own life, and maybe you can relate to this, I feel like we have this superhero complex. Now this is a little complex, so listen up. There's this superhero complex, and maybe it's uh, as we as Christians, we tend to have these masks, right? I'll try and be one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, Captain America. So we tend to put on these masks because we've been taught that in order to to do something extraordinary, you have to be this extraordinary person, this superhero, right? Now superheroes, from my understanding, they were normal, ordinary people who happened upon a superpower, whether it was something that happened to them, something that they stumbled upon, and that's how they gained their superpower. And then from there, they go on, they save the world, or they save people, they save people's lives, and eventually they save the world, right? Yes, Superhero 101. So we have this superhero complex just in American culture where we want to be this super person and as Christians we feel like we need to save the world. We put on our super Christian masks and we go about our day with this super strength and super faith and super all these things that we feel like we have to have in order to achieve something great for God. You see, I believe God is calling us to a really authentic walk with him. I believe God is calling us to take off the mask of trying to be somebody great and simply give God who he created. You see, God, God doesn't call the superhero, he calls you. I mean, 
part of, this, part of the struggle, the title of my message today, and if you're taking notes, you can write this down. The title of my message is The Superhero Struggle. Because you see, there's a struggle that's involved because superheroes are awesome. And being, being a superhero is cool. And even as Christians, I mean, we, uh, we have been given this power through Jesus. When you decide to follow Jesus, you have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power of the God of the universe who created everything and every living being, everything. That same power lives inside of you. It is greater than any superpower ever, ever given, ever made. But at the same time, there's this struggle. Saving the world, this strength that that seems so super, so inhuman. What if God was calling us to take off the mask, the mask of strength that simply covers weakness? You see, there's a scripture that we're gonna go to and we're gonna dive a little bit deeper into this in a little bit. But the problem, the superhero struggle is when we use the power given to us through Jesus Christ, because that power is real. But we use that simply as a mask to cover our weakness, to cover our humanity. Because you see, true strength, if it's simply here, it will not be true strength that comes from within, that comes from the power of Christ. I'm excited to share this message with you. I'm excited uh, about what God has been speaking to me about and what I believe he is speaking to this church. And so would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray and invite the Lord. He is here. We're going to invite his manifest presence here. Jesus, thank you so much for coming and for dying on the cross for each one of us. Thank you for giving your life so that we can have a real encounter with you. And thank you that you call us deeper, that you call us to greater things. Come and do what you want to do. Come and do what you want to do here. We invite your presence. We invite um, your Holy Spirit to come and to fill us. Lord, if they are my words, would they fall to the floor? But any words from you, God, would they pierce hearts? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All through college, I was involved in different churches and different ministries. Um, even from a very young age, I fell in love with Jesus. I mean, my, and because I fell in love with Jesus, I fell in love with the local church. So I love church. It's the reason I'm standing here today. And my parents, um, they would bring us to church Anytime the doors were open, we were there. And if the doors were not open, they would open them because they had the key. They were the pastors. So no matter what, we were in church. And let me just give a side note. This is completely off topic. But parents, take your kids to church. Get your kids in the presence of God. You see, they're... The presence of God is so important, and yes, create spaces in your home for them to experience God's presence. Absolutely, please do that. But bring them to a place where they can see other people in the presence of God. There is nothing more encouraging as a young soul, even when you're older, than to see that you're not alone. We are not alone in this journey with Christ, so get your kids in church. I promise you, your kids' souls matter more than the sport that they play. Your kids' souls matter more than the recital they've been practicing for. Your kids' souls matter more than the friends that they hang out with. It is so important. 
Get your kids in the presence of God no matter what it takes. Side note, sorry. <laughs> Just had to add that in there. It's so important. But like I said, I was in church all the time. Sometimes I didn't even want to be there because my friends could miss church. My friends could play a sport and be gone on a Sunday. My friends could hang out and take weekend trips and all of that, but I couldn't because I had to go to church. But like I said, in turn, I mean, I'm 22 years old now, 22 years looking back. I'm so grateful for the moments that my parents took me even when I didn't want to. I fell in love with Jesus at a young age. I fell in love with the church at a young age. And so all throughout college, I've been involved in different kinds of ministry that the church does in a community. Everything from youth ministry to outreach to missions. And one of my favorite, kids ministry. If you're not involved in kids ministry, maybe you feel like, oh, that'd be really fun. You totally should. It was a blast. Um, so for my senior year of college, I taught... 10 little two and three year olds on Sunday mornings. Now, two and three year olds are the best age of all kids. They say the funniest things, uh, they do the funniest things, they are a blast. So we're, we did this curriculum that we went basically from creation to Jesus and everything in between. And so we eventually got to the story of Moses. Now, I love the story of Moses already. Ordinary guy by birth with an extraordinary calling and how that struggle and that happens in his life. Incredible story. Imagine telling that to a three-year-old. So it's a, it's a very complex, very hard story. So I just started it like this. And I simply sat and I was like, okay, hey guys, come on. I got a story for you. I'm going to tell you a story about the coolest guy in the Bible. He was basically a superhero. And so I'd start telling this story about a baby who was born to an ordinary Hebrew slave at that time. And uh, to save his life was put in a basket into the Nile River. Pharaoh's daughter finds this guy, raises him as a prince. Eventually finds out he's not a prince. He's actually a slave. So because of that struggle, he ends up killing somebody and running away from home telling this whole story to three-year-olds. Imagine, three-year-olds. <laughs> They're basically looking at me like I'm crazy or just wanting to play their, with their toys, but it was so fun. So I sat there and I, had, I was trying to explain who Moses was. How do you explain a guy who saved an entire people group? Well, you call him a superhero, right? To a two and three-year-old. And so I sat down and I said that, and I remember seeing the look of, look of like, recognition in their eyes, like, oh, a superhero, I get it, like, that's awesome. So I was feeling so accomplished. I was like, yes, man, I killed that lesson. They get it. They know the story of Moses, superhero Moses, awesome. Until the next week when they all came in, and I said, who remembers what we talked about last week? And about three of them yelled, Spider-Man. <laughs> I tried. I tried. There's a reason I'm in here, not in there, right? <laughs> Kids ministry. People who work with kids are incredible people. They really are. If you want to get involved, shameless plug for the kids' ministry, they need all the help they can get. Um, and it's an awesome job. But you see, I explain Moses as a superhero. My, uh, trying to fit into little minds and help them relate to a story. And as, I, as I've been studying the Bible, it hit me. There's a secret to the Bible. There's a secret to the stories, to the characters in the Bible. And do you want to hear it? There's a secret. This is the secret. Okay, don't tell anybody else. Let them figure it out for their own. 
the characters in the Bible, all those people were normal, ordinary people. Completely ordinary, right? Mind-blowing. They're not superheroes. They're not superheroes. They're not superhuman, extraordinary people. They are ordinary people with extraordinary callings, right? That's who they are. Have you ever read a magazine um, that says something like, celebrities, they're just like us? And then you see a picture of Brad Pitt eating an ice cream cone, and in the, in the little caption it says, ice cream melts on them too. Have you seen those, right? Because as a culture, we've been trained to applaud the extraordinary. We've been trained to applaud the super part of life. I mean, that's why social media exists, and that's a whole other message in and of itself, but we post these things, we put out what we want people to see, and you're not going to post a picture on social media of your normal uh, night wearing sweatpants watching The Voice because it's not extraordinary, right? You're going to post a picture when you're on the edge of a cliff or kayaking in the woods or whatever you do, right? <laughs> true, it's true. I hate to admit it, but I have been known to actually do stuff only for the picture. I know, I'm not kidding you. I wish I could say it's different. But one time we went and did this like crazy adventure and the only reason we did it is because we all wanted a cool picture, right? So we've been trained to applaud the extraordinary part of life. We've been trained to, trained to look at the super part and that's where the superhero struggle comes is that we want this super faith, this super uh, joy, this super strength. When God is simply calling us to be us, He's not call, he doesn't call the extraordinary version of you. He simply calls you. He doesn't wait for you to get to be this super person, to have all your ducks in a row, to have everything together. He simply calls you. The weakest, the lowest, the smallest moments you have are more than enough for God to use. More than enough. You don't have to try and be, uh, you don't have to try and have this ex extraordinary life in order for God to use you. In fact, God doesn't want that version of you. God doesn't want the extraordinary version of you. He wants you. He wants you at your weakest. He wants you at your lowest. He wants you at those moments where it doesn't seem like everything together. That is the you that he has called to greatness, not this extraordinary person. The story of Moses, actually I'm going to come back to that. Paul, the apostle, another one of those characters in the Bible that to me is superhuman. I mean, he's incredible. He has strength even in the midst of persecution, all these different things. But this is what he says in 2 Corinthians 12.10. If you speak Donald Trump, that is 2 Corinthians 12.10. 2 Corinthians 12.10 says this. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is what it says. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness. If you're in your Bible, circle that word delight. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. 
It doesn't say once I've figured out my weakness and I'm working to fix it, then I'm strong. No, when I am weak, then I am strong. It doesn't say when I've read enough self-help books to help me uh, figure out what my weakness is so that way I don't have to worry about that. I'm just going to focus on my strengths and, not, and maybe hire somebody who's my weak person, whatever, who like fixes my weaknesses. No, it says for when I am weak, then I am strong. Pastor Stephen Furtick has a book out. It's called Unqualified. If you have a chance, read it. It's changing my life. But in it, he talks about this moment that God reveals himself to Moses in a burning bush. So back to our story of the superhero Moses, who is actually just an ordinary guy. In fact, he wasn't just an ordinary guy. He's probably the opposite of that. He, um, he's a slave. He killed a man. He ran away from home. Like He's not just an ordinary guy in everyday society. He runs away and in the wilderness. God speaks to him. And I want to take you there, and it's in Exodus chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there as well. There's this conversation that goes on between Moses and God, and God is speaking to him through a burning bush, which is pretty extraordinary, right? Pretty cool. Speaks to him through this burning bush and says, I have seen the affliction of your people. I have seen what has been going on for hundreds of years. I've seen the slavery that your people have been in. All, I mean, he goes on and he lists a bunch of, bunch of things. And then God says, Moses, I am sending you to lead my people out, to lead my people into freedom. And so there's this like climactic moment in the Bible, like so dramatic. And Moses has all these questions. He's like, who am I? Who am I to go do that? Like, why wouldn't you call somebody else? God says, I will be with you, and this is your sign, and he, he does all these different things. And Moses asks a really important question. Moses says, but who should I tell them, who should I tell them has sent me? Because you see, names are really important, and up until this point in time, God has not named himself. Now, in their culture, there were thousands of of gods and goddesses that all had names that basically were their definition. So you had the goddess of war, the goddess of fertility, the god of the sun, the god of the moon, all these different things, and their names were their definition. But up until this point, we don't know the name of God. They simply called him the god of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the god of Israel, all these different things. So God didn't have a specific name, and so Moses says, okay, so for my credibility's sake, who should I tell them sent me? And so I can see, picture this with me. Moses asks this question. It's a question that's never been answered before. And he he's, hears God about to answer it. I can picture Moses like, come on, I'm about to like have the name of God. God says, if they ask, tell them. And oh man, it's like, it's the moment. It's the moment it's going to happen. We're going to know the name of God. And God says, tell them that my name is I am. I am what? Can you picture Moses? He's like the most dramatic moment in history and God doesn't finish his sentence. I am who? Imagine if I went up to you and I said, hey, I am, and just didn't finish my sentence. That'd be a weird moment, right? I can picture Moses being like, okay, but God, who? I am who? I am what? God doesn't finish his sentence. You see, we all have third words 
I'm going to call them the third words. We all have them attached to us. It's how you define yourself. It's how you, um, how, your identity. I am Tori. I am 22 years old. I am a pastor. I am a daughter, a sister, a friend. I am caring. I am kind. I am weak. I am insecure. I am unqualified. I am, the list could go on and on. We have these third words attached to us. What third words have been attached to your identity? What third words have maybe a circumstance have, has attached them to your identity? Or maybe it's just something that you added on to who you are. I am dot, dot, dot. You see, God didn't purposefully leave a blank in his name. He just hadn't quite finished the sentence. And that's what I love about the Bible because 2,000 years ago, a man named Jesus came to earth, God in human form, and he began to define the name of God. In that moment, Jesus began to define the name of God. So anything that you need, whatever you have called upon the name of the Lord for, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. You may say, I am poor. You know what Jesus says? Let me find it. Let's see what he says. Ah! There it is. Thank you. <laughs> Told you. Nobody's a superhum- superhero. I wish I was. You may say I am poor. Jesus in John chapter 6.35 says, I am the bread of life. You may say I'm in darkness. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. You may say, I am stuck. Jesus says, I am the door. Anyone who enters me, he will be saved. You may say, I'm scared. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives life for his sheep. You may say, I'm hurting. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will, uh, though he may die, he shall live. You may say, I'm lost. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Whatever you need, wherever you are, whatever you have been through, Jesus is the fulfillment of the name of God. Jesus has come to be the fulfillment of who God is in that moment. You see, when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, I am strong. You don't have to be weak or strong. It's not one or the other. In fact, it is both. And that's why there's a struggle. That's why it's confusing. That's why it's hard. Because we feel like we have to put on these masks to be somebody that we're, to be somebody great, to be somebody that God could call on. But God simply says, no, when I am weak, then I am strong. God is the, uh, the need, or he is there to meet the need that you have. He is there to answer the prayers that you have prayed. Jesus is the fulfillment of the name of God. What's in a name? A name is so important. A name is so important. My name is Victoria Michael Hammer. I carry the legacy of my father's family. I carry the legacy in my last name, but I also carry it in my middle name because Michael is my dad's first name. But it's so important. You were given a name at birth and you carry on the name of your parents, correct? Most, most people do that, I think. 
carry on the name of their parents. You carry on the, the legacy that has been given to you. And so when you accept Christ into your life, when you accept Jesus, you begin to carry the name of God. You become a child of God, and that name is power. That name will heal you. That name, uh, that name is stronger than any force there ever could be. You are a child of God, and you have been called by God to greatness. You, in your weakest, in your lowest, in your toughest moment, that you has been called to greatness by God. Not this extraordinary superhuman version that we want to strive to be. God has called you. God has called you to greatness. God has called you to carry his name. There is no greater joy. There's no greater strength. There is no greater authority than to carry the name of God. And you have been chosen to carry that name. Just as, Moses, uh, just as God told Moses, I am who I am. And now you are who you are because of I am who I am. <laughs> Crazy, right? I am who I am. I am the answer to your prayers. I am the answer to the needs that you have laid before me. God doesn't overlook people based on the levels that we have put him in. I think a lot of us sometimes we feel like because we haven't lived this extraordinary life, we can't be used by God. We almost put God, um, we give God these levels of, well, I have never done this, so I don't think you can probably use me here. I mean, maybe you say, I'm a, I'm a mom, a stay-at-home mother of three. The most extraordinary thing to happen in my life is that my kid sleeps for more than an hour at a time right? What could God really use in that? Or maybe you say, I work a nine-to-five desk job. I come home only to argue with my wife about feeding more than one meal at dinner to our picky daughter. What could God really use? We have this superhero complex, this superhero struggle of trying to, of feeling like we have to be extraordinary in order to be used by God. But God calls ordinary people to extraordinary things and extraordinary circumstances happen and the fact that you're sitting in this room is an extraordinary moment the fact that you woke up this morning and you you were able to make a decision of what you wanted to do today when there are thousands of people who can't all over the world that is an extraordinary moment that you are sitting here right now there that it is an extraordinary circumstance that you have the ability to make a decision for Jesus when there are thousands of people who have never even heard his name that is an extraordinary moment you have been given extraordinary circumstances in order for you to accomplish an extraordinary calling you're simply ordinary by birth because when I am weak then I am strong. God is strong in our weakness. For me, I do my best to put my best foot forward. I do my best to be this strong, independent woman. I mean, I'm doing, I'm like killing adulting and I'm living healthy and I'm doing all these things. I try my best to, to be this person to put off what I want and keep this, I, I have the ability to keep a mask. See me, you, you think I'm strong. But when I take, I'm insecure. I'm so inadequate. I am so unqualified. 
it would be really easy for all of us to live the easy to live with masks of confidence with masks of what you want people to see what happens when you take off the mask where'd your power go where'd your strength go where'd your confidence go in my own life, I've had to make the decision that I don't want my strength, I don't want my confidence, I don't want it to come from a mask. I don't want it to come from something that is only skin deep. I want God confidence, I want God strength. And that only comes from a simple realization of God, when I am weak, you are strong. I don't have to be the strong one. I don't have to have this superhuman faith, this superhuman joy. It comes from within. It comes from inside when you allow God to come and to, to be all that he wants to be in your life. If you simply allow God to use you in your weakest moments, imagine how God could use you in your strongest. Come on, right? Imagine how your, uh, as a Christian, how your witness would change if you weren't trying to save the world, you were simply in the world needing saving. Imagine how that relatability would be to the people at your workplace. If you simply took off the mask and said, I get it, I've been there. In fact, I am there. Imagine what God could do with you in those weak moments. It's extraordinary. God takes, he takes our lives, he takes what we have been given. And that's what he uses for his calling, for his greatness. You may be here this morning. I'm gonna close with this. You may be here this morning and say, Tori, I get it. I've lived with a mask for far too long. I come in here every week and I smile and I look so strong and I look like everything is going on so well in my life and I put off this air of who I should be because I'm a Christian and I should be strong. You may say, hey, I've never actually been in church. This is kind of weird, but kind of cool. I get it. Today, God wants to call you to a real authentic moment with him. Jesus wants to encounter you today, not the superhero version of yourself that you strive to be. He wants to encounter you. He wants to encounter you in your weakest, in your lowest, in your toughest, in your smallest moments. And in those moments, just like, just in a way that when I had my mask on and I was sharing, this is who I am. But when I take off my mask, this is who I am. That's a simple example of what God is what God is wanting from us, to simply take off the mask and say, you know what, I'm not strong all the time. I don't have faith in every circumstance, but God, I know that if I open my heart to you, you will come in and you will be the strength that comes from the inside, not just a mask that I wear when I need it. God wants to empower you. Jesus wants to encounter you. Today is your day. Like I said, there are no accidents as to why you were here today. There are, there's no um, coincidence that you happen to come to church today. God's calling on your life is great. God's calling on your life is extraordinary. But he says, come as you are. 
You don't have to be extraordinary to come to the altar, to come and to give your life to Him. You simply have to be you. The ordinary version, day to day, every single day. A surrender to who God is in your life and a surrender to the answer, Jesus Christ. If you would all stand with me and just bow your heads. I want to give everybody the privacy of this moment. If you're here and you're saying, man, that's me. I've lived with a mask. I've tried to be this person that is superhuman. But I know that God is calling me in this moment to simply be me, to be the weak version of me, because when I am weak, then I am strong. If you would say that's me, I just simply want you to, uh, to slip up your hand so I know who I'm praying with. Just slip up your hand so I know who I'm praying with. You'd say, God, I want to be used by you. I no longer want to be bound by my own version of what I think should happen. I simply want to encounter you. Thank you, thank you, yes. God, we thank you for the lives that are in this room. Jesus, we thank you that you have called all of us deeper, that you have called all of us to a greater place and to a greater calling. God, we thank you, Lord, that you call us. You call me in my lowest moment, and that's who you want to use. That's the person that you have called. God, I thank you, Lord, that today you are working in hearts. Lord, if we would walk out of here a little bit stronger, if we would walk out of here a little bit, a little bit more excited, God, that with the strength that comes from the inside, not just what we put on when we leave the house. God, I thank you for what you are doing. I thank you for the calling that you have on each one of us. God, we praise your name. We glorify you. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you're here and you've never decided, you've never made the decision to follow Christ. You hear about this guy named Jesus, the answer, the fulfillment of God. And you say, you know what? I want that. I want that in my life. I want the power that comes from the name of Jesus. I want the, I want the joy, the strength that is undeniable, that can't come just from putting a mask on. It has to come from the inside. It has to come from Jesus. If you are in here and you want to make a decision to follow Christ, just slip up your hand so I know who we're praying with. You are not alone. God's got something extraordinary for you. Ordinary people with extraordinary callings. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, we're so grateful. God, what you have done, go deeper. Go deeper than before. Allow your presence to fill us. Allow your presence to speak to us. We thank you, God that today is a day we will never be the same. God, we will walk out of here a little stronger. We'll walk out of here a little bit, a uh, little bit more confident in what you have done. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes God does a work that is internal. We don't necessarily need to come to the altar. You are more than welcome to. We will open this up to you. But let God
God work on your heart, work on your mind. Maybe it's from the seat that you sit in or as you leave this place. God's work isn't done. Tomorrow is a great day. It's Monday, it's Memorial Day. Tuesday, you go back to work, go back to school. Go back a little different. 